Good morning. Welcome into In Focus on News Radio KMAN. And we've got a uh, busy hour lined up for you here today. We've got a, a full studio today. We're going to talk uh, about a number of things going on here with uh, the uh, Friends Tuttle, of the Call. Yeah, Friends of the Call. Sorry. Uh, and uh, Tuttle Creek uh, and uh, Army Corps of Engineers. We have a lot of folks in the studio. I'm going to go through and introduce everybody real quick first. Uh, ben Jedlica is here, Rally County Game Warden with the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Brandon. Good to talk to you here once again. We've you brought some friends along here. I've got lots of friends. Yes. Uh, so we got Levi Gantenbein and uh, Tuttle Creek State Park Manager. Yes, that's correct. Okay, Caleb Snyder. Uh, and tell me your title again. I'm sorry. I'm the Park Manager for the Corps of Engineers. Okay. And on the other studio, we've got uh, Brian McNulty who is the Operations Project Manager at Tuttle Creek Lake. Good morning. Morning. And uh, we also have another guest on the phone. So we've got a lot of people here. Don Bueller is joining us here, uh, Friends of the Caw uh, Executive Director. Good morning. Good morning. So I don't know where we should start first, so maybe I'll, I'll, I'll throw well, to Ben here. Well, last, uh, last April 16th, we had a Manhattan, uh, uh, Kansas River cleanup. And that was the cleanup just that just got by in a, on April 16th, and we missed the day that it got to 90-something, and then that night to 30-something. I wrote that down. Uh, that was April 12th and April 13th. We had good weather, and we've got more events coming up. Don. Yes, uh, good morning. Uh, we've got lots of things coming up on the Kansas River. We just did that Manhattan battery case cleanup, and for anyone that's listening, we got about 1.98 tons removed. Uh, we do have coming up on May 11th, um, we have what's called a beginner paddle. It's really meant for people who are new to the Kansas River or uh, want to learn how to kayak the Kansas River. That event will be a two-mile paddle in Manhattan. May 21st, we have an educational trip called Bugs Biodiversity in the Call with Dr. Greg Zolnerich, who is a professor of entomology at K-State. That event will be from Ogden to Manhattan. And then we do want to give a big shout-out on July 9th will be Manhattan's famed Little Apple Paddle, and uh, our volunteers will be on the river to help with that. So those are three really fun events coming up. All right, wonderful. That's uh, those are some great events. And uh, tell us a little bit more about your organization, uh, Don, and, and kind of uh, what they do here in the community. Sure. So we're a 501c3 nonprofit. We work to protect and preserve the Kansas River. And one of the things that we do is that we're the only nonprofit that's dedicated to cleaning up the Kansas River. So for the last five years and I think eight trips, we have removed battery cases that have been embedded into the Kansas River sandbars. And we do that with lots of partners. Of course, um, Ben and the Wildlife and Parks Department are critical to that to help us remove all of that, but also the Manhattan Rotary, BHS Construction, City of Manhattan, K-State students, and Kansas backcountry hunters and anglers. So it takes a lot of people to do that, but we do lots of cleanups on the river. We do educational paddle trips to get people engaged in the river, so... Um, lots of education and interwoven in everything we do. Very cool. Now, how do people uh, get involved if they want to learn more about uh, you know, joining the uh, Friends sure. of the Call? Absolutely. You can go to our website, kansasriver.org, and also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
We have over 300 people on our volunteer uh, list, and so if anyone's interested in joining us as a volunteer, um, we have what's called a uh, call river guides, which are volunteers that have their own kayak or canoe and their own gear, and they join us on the river to do these big cleanups. And so we're having our workshop on Sunday. It's not in Manhattan. It's a little downriver in Eudora, but we will begin at 9 a.m., and we will have a workshop on how you can volunteer and get more involved with Friends of the Caw and help us clean up our river. It's a drinking water source for over 800,000 Kansans. Mm-hmm. Well, so important to keep that clean. And, and Ben, I know you, you work closely with these, these folks. Yes, and it's a great organization. By the way, if you don't have a kayak, there's a lot of places you can get a kayak for the use of any of these events. One of them is, Levi, you, you've got kayaks that they can take with them, right? Uh, no, we no longer let the kayaks leave the state park. Oh, my bad. On, that's okay. We just leave them on the river pond. So, um. Well, if you're associated with K-State, they are uh, renting kayaks and canoes. And as far as I know, uh, DOD at uh, Fort Riley is still uh, renting out kayaks and canoes. By the way, Friends of the Caw, on some of these events, if you sign up, they will bring you a kayak or canoe. Absolutely. We're happy to. All right. Very good. Well, let's talk about some other things here, Ben. Uh, people are going to be out in the, in the water here as weather warms up a little bit more, and we talk about a lot. Uh, well, driving so. in today, Brandon, I there, it, there was lightning. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people take the hazard that lightning is. Uh, it. Do you know what outdoor cause of death exceeds lightning? Um, well, I'm well. going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to quiz you. Uh, it's floods. Yeah. And when you go boating, did you know you need a life jacket on board? I did know that, yes. So when you go boating, it's kind of like you're you're going to the flood, right? Pretty much, yep. A life jacket is required. Now, that's one hazard. That's the hazard that exceeds, guess what? Lightning. Lightning. <laughs> Lightning is the next hazard. Uh, the next, And it's common. Uh, don't take it for granted. We're going to have lightning. We've already got it this morning. And we're going to have it uh, possibly this evening. It's not even mm-hmm. possible. Possibly, is it? Pretty likely. Very good. And uh, I know you have associations all over the United States. What do you think state that you're familiar with would be number four in lightning? Not lightning strikes. This is lightning density. So it would be uh, by uh, square miles. Oh, Make a guess. Kansas. No, Brandon, come on. It's <laughs> Nebraska. Okay. And what would be the next highest state? Oklahoma. Number three, Oklahoma. You got it. Yes. You're a prize winner. <laughs> now this one's going to throw you off. <laughs> this I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. It's uh, far east, United States. Far east. Okay. Uh, Ohio. Florida. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Now, Hurricanes. what about the number one lightning density in the United States? Man. I, no, 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 no. 
No, the damn people are next. <laughs> uh, this is the easiest one of all of them. Okay. I'm just going to throw a dart and say Kansas or Texas. Very good. You had it. It's Kansas. It is Kansas. Okay. Yes. Kansas. So don't take it for granted. When we get this, these storms, and they'll, they'll be, well, they're already here, the lightning hazard is real. All right. Yes. So important to remember that. And uh, especially if you're going to be out fishing here, um, probably not going to be fishing in a thunderstorm here, but after the thunderstorm, I imagine the weather is going to be great tomorrow morning, you know, when we get up and at them. Well, this kind of, this kind of weather, when we get some runoff, that kind of gets the catfish to, to congregate where water's running in. And I went over Mill Creek and the, north of here, there is a fair amount of water, um, we've got some good, well, there was a good thunderstorm that went through probably about 5.30 this morning. So I hope that, uh, what, lowers this fire danger. And uh, back to the flood thing, mm. there's another event that, I don't know if people have their pencils, they need the, the dates of this stuff, but this is the Blue Valley uh, Yacht Club sailing foundation and if you sign up ahead of time you you don't even have to be eight years old about eight years old is when they start there's two opti camps they go for it's kind of an afternoon evening camp these kids learn to sail before the week's over the first one is june 13th the second one july 11th and there's a website uh you have allergies I have dust allergies, yes. Yeah, I, I've got that too. I'm also allergic to acronyms, but I've got it ready for you. It's Blue Valley, it's B-L-Y-S-F for Sailing Foundation. So Blue Valley Yacht Club Sailing Foundation, that is on the website. And also Blue Valley Yacht Club will have a link to that program. Okay, very good. Good information to have here. We're going to take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll get some of the other guys here involved. Uh, more In Focus in a moment here on News Radio KMAN. We're back here on In Focus, News Radio KMAN. We're going to get an update on what's going on at Tuttle Creek Lake uh, and at the state park as well. Uh, bring on uh, Caleb Snyder and Brian McNulty here as we uh, get an update on the, the latest lake level. And, uh, Caleb, wh where are we at on that right now? Well, we're closing in on our multi-purpose level of 1075. We're, we're about 0.15 below that this morning at 1074.85. We should hit that later today. Um, we're currently releasing 200 CFS, but uh, that, that's going to go up today later today as well. We're going to be going up to 400 CFS on our release. Um, even with that, uh, with the current inflow, it is about 500, just under that at 480, but that'll probably jump up a little bit with these rains we've got. So even going to 400, we'll still probably continue to see a slow rise in lake elevation. But uh, that's the current conditions there. Lake temperatures uh, low to mid-50s in that 53, 54 range is what I've seen, unless you guys have been out and seen something different. But, yeah, about 53 degrees. So it's starting to warm up slowly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's where we're at on current lake conditions. Um, as far as our camping and rec season goes, uh, we're, we're open for business. All our parks open April 15th. We've got Tuttle Cove and Stockdale Parks open and ready to go. Um, they, everybody can make their reservations online or calling in uh, to do that. They, they do have to, we, we no longer accept payment at the booth, so they do have to either have a reservation or make that reservation upon arrival. So we just ask that if, if a site's empty when they get there, just make sure, 
call in or go online, use the app either way, make sure they have a reservation before they set up. Cause we have run into that sometimes where, Oh, it's empty. I'll just set up. And then, Oh, it's got a reservation on it. And I didn't, didn't check before I set my stuff up. So we just ask that they do that before they set up. But, um, as far as that, and then, uh, yeah, the total cove boat ramp is open. The boat dock is in, is in place. So feel free to come on out, launch there. It, it's ready to go. Did you want to say anything about the, your boat ramp, Levi? Yeah, so we had a construction project on our boat ramp. We redid some of the concrete at the top of the ramp and then re-asphalted the parking lots around there. Um, that project has finished last week, the end of last week. Um, and the dock, we are our, – our new dock should be here before Memorial Day. I'm, fingers crossed. It is in production. They are con- the, the construction project has begun on that. Um, they're building it at the factory right now. So hopefully – like I said, be before Memorial Day, we have a new dock up there at the Cedar Ridge area. Okay. What about, uh, Brian, uh, construction uh, at, at the dam specifically? Is anything going on right now? Yeah, so we, the riprap overlay project I mentioned last month, that is actually awarded, and there's a pre-bid site visit with potential contractors next week. Uh, so that's moving forward. That contract should, should be awarded later this spring and that construction will start after the contractor gets a lot of submittals and gets their subcontractors lined up and stuff so i would expect probably late summer early fall that that will be starting back up when that happens we'll be closing access to the parking lots at both ends of the dam because the rock trucks will be entering and exiting there and that's where their temporary office facilities will likely be located so we've got that one going um we did, I mentioned we had the damage to a gate liner in the bottom of the tower in 2019, and that project is past the 65% design mark. Um, that's probably going to start next summer. Uh, it'll be advertised probably later this year in the calendar year with an award sometime uh, after that, and then we'll target a construction season of probably late July or early August. Uh, of 23 to start that work while the lake is down historically and uh, because there'll be some restrictions on releases they'll have to dewater one of the whole conduits underneath the the dam so it, it'll be an interesting project and where do, where's where's that rock come from is that f- locally or does that come from out of state uh it's local rock um we receive rock from buyer construction their quarries uh, ham quarries, uh, some of the quarries over by St. Mary's meet the specifications for that. So uh, that's really up to the prime contractor to, to contract where they get that rock from. But there's pretty rigid specifications on the size and the density and the water absorption capability. And, uh, you know, if that stuff absorbs a lot of water, we get cold here in the winter and uh, a lot of freeze-thaw damage occurs. So there's some there's some pretty stringent requirements on what that rock has to be before it's put on the dam. How often does that have to be repaired? Uh, we did the lower part of the embankment back in the early 2000s when we did all the seismic stabilization work. Uh, this, this, this was precipitated by the 2019 flood. The, the lake set up around that 1125 elevation for months and uh, the wave action with the north wind really beat on the dam so it did some damage to that rock overlay that rock all was all original so that would have been put in the the 50s was when most of it was placed so uh, it's 60 years old so probably timed for for a, a repair on it certainly okay well 
Thanks for the update on that. Uh, Levi, let's talk about some uh, things you have coming up at the state park. Okay, yeah, I was going to mention a couple of special events we got coming up for the month of May. Um, the first is the on the 14th is the Little Apple Open Disc Golf Tournament. Um, I think that's open to 100 people or so, so they have – I think they're still taking sign-ups on that. Um, and then the next is uh, the state – the Friends of the State Park have their – camp appreciation breakfast that weekend of memorial weekend so and um, and then back to when they talked about the little apple paddle if you guys are interested in signing up for that that is done through the manhattan parks and rec is where the registration goes through so. that's a pretty popular event i did i know covid kind of messed it up uh i think in 2020 did you guys have it last year yeah they had it last year on on the on the river the in 19 they did it at the river pond just because of the flow was so high on the river for safety reasons yeah so. it, it's had to move around for a lot. I mean, we had the flood and then COVID and then all these other things. So it's that, that, that event gets 40, 50, 60 boats. In fact, no more than that. It was like 300 when they did it on the river. Well, Pond. when it was at River Pond, weren't they trying to get the Guinness Book of World Records? Yeah, and they were just a few short. It was like less than 15 boats short of the, the Guinness Book of World Records for the so it's a big Battle event. Yeah. There's a lot of, and it it's fun. It's a great it's a great time. And, yeah. and they do rentals on that. So if you get a hold of Manhattan Parks and Rec, you can bring your own boat or you can have a rental boat. So super. Oh, we have uh, Robert. Is he still on the line? Okay. As soon as we lost him. Okay. Uh, if he calls back in the next minute or so, we'll be able to get him on. Okay. July 9th, by the way, is that little apple paddle. July 9th. Okay, mark your calendars for that. And, you know, it's a good time of year. People are starting to think about getting outdoors more here, especially with summer coming up. Uh, and uh, Tuttle Creek State Park, I know, is is a pretty popular destination for a lot of folks. So imagine you want to get your reservations in early if you're going to get a cabin or something. Right, yeah. I mean, you'd be hard-pressed to find a reservation for a cabin on a weekend for the summer already. We're already pretty booked up. Um, there's still campsite reservations for the weekends and stuff. Um, but like Caleb said, don't just pull on a spot and assume it's open because, you know, the, the reservation card could have blown out. Just check with our gatehouse or the office before you set everything up. So, All right. Uh, as far as uh, any anything else, I, I know we always like to talk water safety here. Do you, Caleb, do you have anything else you want to add? Well, I might put a plug in for our volunteer program if okay. we got a minute. Sure. Um, you know, we talk about this being our busy time of year. There's always lots of work that goes into to keeping these areas up and running, and, and we – Definitely utilize our volunteer service for that, and it's all kinds of jobs. Uh, we have people that do some mowing, tree cutting, trail maintenance, just general maintenance of facilities for us, whether that be painting or cleaning. Uh, we have volunteer park attendants or camp hosts that help us run the campgrounds. Um, and just and last year, Tuttle Creek benefited on, on the core side for, from over 2,200 hours of volunteer service from, from folks that did jobs like that for us. So, you know, we're, we're currently looking um, for a camp host position so if you think something like that sounds fun to you if you're out at the lake all the time anyway and want to put in some volunteer hours if you if you do 20 hours a week we provide a campsite and it's usually right there by the gate attendant booth if you're doing that job for us um you know so you're you're helping check people in maybe you know looking at the buildings keeping them make sure they're clean those kinds of things and and angelia lentz uh, one of our rangers does a great job of running that program for us so if, if this is something that Sounds like it's down your alley. Uh, you could give her a call. Her direct line's 816-389-3167, and she can line you out on all the details, the hours, the work schedule, all that kind of stuff. But but we're, we, we love our volunteer program, and it provides a valuable service for us. 
All right, wonderful. Well, good opportunities here. And do you want to get something else, Levi? Well, I wanted to go back to the water safety you brought up. Um, yeah. You know, it gets busy down there on the river pond, and there's a lot of people that go out there without life jackets. And any boat that, any vessel that sets sets up on the water, um, whether it's a stand-up paddleboard, kayak, canoe, they need to have a life jacket on board for that person. And if they're under 12, they need to be they need to be wearing that. Um, and if you don't have a life jacket, so you stop in at our gatehouses. We have loaners. Uh, we have a loaner program, and we also have a station up at the marina area um, with life jackets, and that'll be stocked here in the next couple of weeks. We'll put those out. So, Very good. There's, there's no reason not to have one. And a reminder that that entire area below the dam, including the river channel, is all a no-wake area. All right. Thank you for that, Brian. <laughs> uh, we have Robert back on the line. He has a question or a, or a comment here. So, Robert, go ahead. Thank you for looking after the park. You know, more and more people are going for no cash. You must have a card to make reservations and buy things. Uh, I was over Walmart getting camping supplies and got that Bluebird card, $5 for a lifetime uh, membership in it, and it doesn't cost anything to charge it up or to pay, and you can call in and make your reservations and things like that if they take American Express. But thank you so much for looking after everything. A little bit related to that is a fishing or a hunting license can be purchased 24-7. All right. Yeah, good Good to know. And, uh, guys, I appreciate you all coming out here today. I have yeah. one more thing. Okay. Uh, just an update. On the Fancy Creek Range, um, construction has been progressing, and the estimated that they will be finished by the end of August, completely ready to go. So. Wow, okay. I know a lot of people have been had questions on when that was going to be opened up again so yeah it's a popular destination for a lot of folks so now that'll be the range construction mm -hmm. and then there there are facilities that still need to be put into those buildings right as in shooting benches that yeah, should it should be ready to go in august okay so all right well thank you for that levi thanks for the update caleb and uh brian ben and uh also to don bueller appreciate y'all being here thank you thanks all right, that's going to wrap uh, this part up. Stay tuned. We're going to hear from State Treasurer Lynn Rogers up next on News Radio KMAN. Back here on In Focus News Radio KMAN. Uh, yesterday, I had a chance to meet up with State Treasurer Lynn Rogers, who was in Manhattan yesterday. So uh, we're going to play back that interview. Uh, we won't be taking any phone calls here this segment, as again, it is a pre recorded segment. Here with uh, State Treasurer Lynn Rogers, who is uh, visiting Manhattan today. And. Uh, First of all, um, welcome back. It's good to see you again. Yeah, I uh, always enjoy coming back to Manhattan. It's been uh, multiple times I've been here, and we'll continue to come back. It's a great, great community to visit. So, All right, well, what specifically brings you here today? Well, we're, we're here for several different reasons. Um, we've been doing some financial education with um, grade schools. We've been reading uh, some uh, money books for, for kids. Uh, we met with a couple second grade classes. And then we met with the JAG-K students uh, with, uh, at the high school. Those are uh, kids that are learning you know, occupational skills. And we talked about our scholarship program. We have a, a website that uh, offers high school kids the ability to look for over uh, 6 million scholarships for $30 billion. And so we, we want to get that word out. We talk about our education, learning quest savings accounts, and some of the other things. And then uh, we also are here to talk about our unclaimed property. We have about 400 million, uh, actually, I think about 4.7 million uh, just for Manhattanites uh, that's uh, been abandoned or, or lost. And so we're trying to get that back to people. So uh, 
Uh, we found $2,000 for the school district. Uh, we found about $8,000 for uh, friends of the, of the zoo. Uh, we have $24,000 for K-State. Um, we've got one individual here in town that has $179,000 and a cattle company that has uh, 24. And, and so there's quite a bit of money here that we want to get back uh, and, and reconnect uh, that with the original owner, the rightful owner. Yeah, I see this from time to time where people have unclaimed property. How does that fall through the cracks? Um, there's a couple different ways. One is it's bank accounts that get lost or forgotten about, but we also get uh, checks for rebates, refunds, uh, those kinds of things. So, like if you move, oftentimes a utility deposit will come, you know, a year after you've moved, and and so we or a, uh, we find. Um, uh, 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 mobile phone rebates or refunds, those kinds of things. Um, if they can't deliver it to the post office or the, the mail address, um, they, it goes back to the vendor, they hold it for a year, and then turn it over to us. So that's one of the reasons we find it. But we'll also find you know insurance policies, rebates, and some of those kinds of things too. So cool. All right. Um, as far as meeting with the, the students here today, the, the JAG-K program, I, I looked up a little bit. I don't know a lot about it, though. Um, it's a it's a private group, but they work with with a number of our schools. We've visited probably around thirty five high schools where we've talked about them, uh, for, um, freshmen through seniors. Um, it helps them uh, find jobs. It's called Jobs Across America for Kansas, um, and it, they learn um, you know skills to interview for jobs, how to apply for jobs, vocational type training. Um, you know, it's it's really a way that um, you know thirty or forty kids uh, per. Uh, specialist. There's a, a, a staff person that, you know, works with them and, and meets with them. It gives those kids, um, you know, they haven't gone to college um, or higher education, an opportunity to meet one-on-one uh, over a long period of time and, and help improve their skills to get jobs. We encourage, we, we really, li- I really like it because it, it helps keeps kids here in Kansas. You know, they'll tour, um, you know, businesses and, and learn more about different um occupations those kinds of things so it's a, a great way for them to um to you know be exposed to the community well that's probably a good thing because uh I, I, there's a lot of jobs out there that are open exactly and we need we need each every one of our kids you know we spend a lot of money on educating k through 12 and uh, we really need to encourage them to stay as much as we can because that investment can pay off for us when they're working um and of course with all the new jobs you know with the, the latest uh, announcement even here in manhattan we're going to need every uh, you know potential employee that we can get. So, um, and oftentimes, what we find is our high school kids, no matter where we travel, they don't even know what jobs are available in their communities. And so, uh, having that exposure uh, makes them realize they don't have to to move out of city or even out of state uh, to do some of the jobs that they want to do. As far as the elementary level here, what uh, what did you do there? We we have a series of books that we promote. Uh, they, we found them uh, originally through uh, the Dolly Parton. They're called the Money Bunny books, and uh, they're uh, they they talk about how to earn money, how to spend money, how to to give give it, and uh, and how to save it. And so I read those books to the kids, and we talk a little bit about you know. I don't think it's ever too early to start helping kids understand financial literacy, financial education. So that's kind of the, the process there. And then we also do that with the JAG kids. We'll talk about you know credit uh, uh, bureaus and credit uh, uh, tests and you know what, what they can do to improve their financial uh, situation. Very good. So. 
the only thing I would add too is making sure that everybody should check the website for unclaimed property, and that's kansascash.ks.gov. So the word Kansas, the word cash.ks.gov. Um, you can plug your name in if you see it and your address or address that you used to work at or live at. You just click on the little. Um, uh, grocery cart and uh, claim it. Um, most of those can be done online. If not, we'll send you a form and, and we'll get you uh, your money back. All right. So. Well, it's, it's good to know. There's a lot of a lot of money there. I know there's a lot of money uh, in, in Kansas right now. It, exactly. I mean, we've got over $400 million, And if you've lived anywhere in the state of Kansas, um, you know, there may be money for you. You know, so it does, you don't have to just look up Manhattan. You look up your whole whole state. And if you've lived in, a, in another state, you'll, you'll want to check with that uh, state treasurer as well. Well, we're getting close to the end of the legislative session here. I know they're in a veto session right now. You've signed a lot of fiscal notes this uh, year? We have. We've. Uh, uh, they, when I first became treasurer, they told me that they leave the treasurer alone, and they really don't. We, uh, <laughs> we've done dozens of those this year. Um, some cases, it, it has really been helpful. There's not a, a lot of financial uh, expertise left in the legislature, and so um, they've looked to us to help them. Um, and what we've been working with many of them is how – they can make sure that we use the latest uh, banking rules and guidelines so that we uh, can do it the most uh, efficient. Um, we, we have you know, helped them understand that if they, they want some of these, uh, they call them uh, education uh, savings accounts where we move public money to private schools, um, we've helped them understand how expensive that's going to be. We, we do a lot of uh, research with other treasurers in other states. Uh, we have a national organization of state treasurers and um, my counterparts in other states, if they've done the same kind of thing, they're very willing to share that information. So it's very current and, and correct. So uh, those have been very helpful. All right. What about uh, the money in the state coffers? I know there's quite a quite a surplus right now. There is. We have a, almost a three billion. It's the most in over forty years. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, many of the things that the the governor suggested, um, you know, put you know with rebates and uh, axing the food tax, um, they've not wanted to do, which is really unfortunate because those would really make a difference to Kansas families. Uh, right now, uh, the House has passed putting a billion of that into capers, which really is needed. But the Senate is now playing chicken, you know, on that and, and not going that route. So, so we're hopeful that they will come to their senses and, and make sure that they do good things for uh, Kansas families. I think we need to give them as much relief as, as we can, as soon as we can, with both taxes and, and, and keeping our, our budget on the right path. Do you uh, foresee the this the sports betting thing going through here? You know, uh, there's two or three bills that that uh, I just I don't know if they have enough time. They're uh, they, they've tried to override some vetoes. They've done a couple, but um, you know, my guess is they're going to want to get out of town as as soon as they can. Uh, but they have to wait. You know, anything that they they still have to pass the omnibus bill. Um, you know, I'm guessing there'll be a couple more coming through, but um, it really at this point kind of depends on on you know, the leadership if they choose to do it. And I'm not sure if they're getting along as well as they need to, to, to make sure that happens. So, Well, I know this is an election year as well, and uh, you're kind of settled into the role as treasurer. You're appointed by the governor, uh-huh. but you are running for uh, election as well. I, I am. Um, I'm very excited to, I think there's a lot of things that we'd like to see happen um, that will take a full term. Um, you know, we, we do these education savings accounts, uh, but you know, the other things that people save for is housing and retirement. 50% of Kansans don't have access to retirement through their work, and research shows that that's the best way to save for retirement. 14 states
states have what's called a work and save. We've uh, introduced it this year, didn't make any progress, but we're hoping that we can build some uh, interest in that. Uh, the states that have done it, uh, many people that, that have not ever saved a dime in their life now all of a sudden have some money saved for retirement. And, and when that happens, people have a lot more dignity and, and a, a much brighter future. So we think it's a, it's a win-win. Um, it reduces how much people would need in retirement years from, from government services, um, and then they can kind of plan their own retirement uh, as well. So, so there's some things, and then there's continuing to be additional um, things that we need to update. You know, we, we worked with the legislature this year to save the ABLE accounts. The federal government had, had updated who could open those. Uh, our state law didn't allow that, and so we were able to, to get that very bipartisan. We got uh, 118 to 3 in the House and 39 to nothing in the Senate, and the governor uh, signed it. So we're going to introduce that in, in July. Um, staff are very excited to be able to do their jobs. You know, in the past, this office has kind of been used to run for Congress. I think if we focus on regular Kansans, we can improve their financial condition as well as the state as a whole. Um, one last question here. I'll just ask you. We had uh, Scorpion announced here uh, recently. The Scorpion Biological Services. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. The big investment. Um, there's been a lot of that here in, in recent weeks. We've seen uh, across the state. Yeah. Um, do you anticipate we'll see more of that? I know the Apex has been discussed, but I haven't heard anything on that in a while. Yeah, I, I think we're still waiting. They're still waiting. Um, you know, Oklahoma passed a similar bill to, to us. I think Kansas has the benefit or the, the advantage in that regard because we responded the, the fastest. Um, I think we will. Um, Governor Kelly and, and Lieutenant Governor Toland are very focused on economic development. And really, you know, as we grow the economy, um, it really reduces taxes for all of us. And, you know, it spreads the, the risk. And, and now we've got to respond with housing and, and broadband and some of those kind of things. But, but again, I think uh, those are the things that will, uh, they're jobs that, that are more than minimum wage. And so it really allows uh, people with uh, skills to stay in the state. And I think it'll help uh, encourage. That's one of the, the reasons I think it's important that we deal with, with taxes, uh, education, um, you know, continue to fund education. Those are the things that bring people and keep people in the state. Good to talk to you once again. Good to see you and and glad to be back. Earlier this morning here on uh, News Radio KMAN, we had a chance to get a legislative update from State Senator Tom Hawk. We're going to replay that now for you here, uh, here on In Focus News Radio KMAN. We're joined on the phone by State Senator Tom Hawk this morning after a late night at the Capitol. Good morning, Senator. Good morning. I think that's Troy's voice, right? That would be Troy. Yes, sir. How are you today? Hey, I'm sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it uh, it went uh, very late last night. I know that uh, the gambling measure, sports gambling measure, was a big reason for that. That was. That did take quite a while on the debate. I don't even remember when we started talking about that, but it did go on for what it seemed like an eternity. Tell us a bit about your thoughts on that measure as it needed a little reworking from some of the other senators' viewpoints uh, after the House had initially passed it earlier in the week. Uh, yes, they they came back on that, uh, that measure. Uh, I think there were, particularly the vote, it just passed by one vote, 21 votes. Um, and I think there were still a large number of senators uh, that, they have a, 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 an aversion to gambling as a whole, and they have some very legitimate points. Um, I think the the overall push, I think most 
most people, not a huge majority of people, felt like we've had sports gambling. It's illegal in Kansas, but a lot of it can occur on the Internet the way it is now, um, which is out of state or, or even offshore, and that that Kansas was not able to take advantage of some of the revenue. Um, I have personal concerns that it's not a lot of revenue when we we think about what's really going to come in compared to the casinos and the lottery. But, uh, and then I think there was a lot of concern about whether it would uh, be more available to underage uh, citizens who might be able to take advantage of uh, phones and computers to do it and uh, whether or not it would increase the number of people who were problem gamblers. But, in the end, I think uh, most of those arguments did not win out. It has been a trend nationwide for sports gambling to get approval by legislatures because of the fact that uh, folks are recognizing the money coming in. I find it an interesting earmark in Kansas that the majority of it now will go towards attempting to lure pro sports teams to the state. Uh, I, I was not particularly enamored with that proposition about it either and that was one of the things i think that that slowed it down the last time it came up before our break and realistically when you think about how much a sports stadium costs to build uh, if you're only bringing in six to ten million dollars per year and eighty percent is that is going to go to attract somebody like the chiefs for what is likely to be a billion dollar or larger price tag on a new stadium. Uh, it's it's probably not very likely that you're going to accumulate enough money to really really accomplish that. Well, uh, I know there's some several other things that uh, were uh, passed, including the sales tax on groceries measure, albeit maybe a little differently than uh, it was at first proposed. But uh, ultimately, what are your thoughts on what uh, did get through? Well, I, I I think when you have the kind of revenue surpluses we have and you're looking at inflation, which is very high right now, particularly for food and groceries, uh, it, it was important to get any bill passed that would give the consumer some relief at the grocery store. And, and we did do that. It wasn't what I wanted. It certainly wasn't what the governor had proposed in axing the sales tax. Uh, we're only going to reduce it uh, about two and a half percent, and that doesn't even take place till almost a year from now, January one of twenty twenty three. So uh, I'm disappointed that that it didn't occur July first, as the governor had proposed, and and certainly could have been done, and wasn't done, going completely to zero. And uh, my group did did propose that we tried to, and we tried to bring that bill out of committee on and on the floor. It took twenty seven votes to do that, and we couldn't accomplish that. So I, I think everybody knows that passing something was important, and so I think we're all taking a victory lap on that. But it's not nearly as good as it could have been. All right. Well. There's been a lot of talk on uh, education this session and a, a few different items there uh, as far as legislation is concerned. It sounded to me, uh, I think I read that the, the 
there were uh, vetoes that were sustained, including the one that prevented uh, transgender students from participating in school sports uh, consistent with their gender identity. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And then, and then maybe some of the other the bills that uh, came through on the education side. I'm glad that that we had a forum on this uh, a few weeks ago after the last session, and I think almost all of the senator, all of the representatives in our delegation, agreed that that wasn't the high priority that had been sort of blasted out to be. Uh, realistically, I think we asked. There's only one student through the High School Activity Association in the state of Kansas that is been categorized as transgender and a, and there is a fairly elaborate procedure to deal with that. So the the debate is presented which sounds logical which is we don't want boys competing against girls and taking away their opportunities uh, whether it's to to be successful or make the team and and boys do have physical advantages to over girls, but that's not really what the issue is. These are these are trans girls who go um, through quite a, a difficult process in the ages where they really compete, be it high school or college. And this this bill went clear down to elementary school, and and there is no physical advantage for boys, uh, at least a significant one in many of the elementary grades. And and that creates some divisions and some problems that that I think nearly everybody didn't want to see happen. When you really look at what it, what is the issue, not not what is the issue presented to be, which is boys against girls, but that very small number. And and then you have the reality that I see from my days as a junior high counselor a few centuries ago, Brandon, <laughs> of, of uh, the bullying that occurs with students over gender issues, and uh, you know we have really difficult a difficult life for those kids who who come to the conclusion that they're not like the other kids, and they um, find out that they and their families determine that they're transgender, and they start making decisions about how they want to identify and. And sometimes the kids can be very brutal uh, on that. So uh, I, I think a lot of us didn't, did not want to see that kind of thing happen. So there were not enough votes to, to override the governor's veto. And uh, I'm sure it will be an issue because it's been highly politicized. But I, I think we avoided what may be some great tragedies for some young kids. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure this issue will come back up again in, in future sessions, and uh, we'll just have to keep uh, an eye on that. Uh, any other successes or things that you would have liked to have seen get done here this session that maybe didn't? Well, I'm actually more excited about what did get done, okay. <laughs> and that's the budget. Uh, I'm the ranking member on the Senate Budget Committee called Ways and Means, and I think we put together a very good bill that was a very short process to get compared to the sports gambling and some of the other issues that we dealt with uh, way into the night. So we did, we did the budget yesterday in probably less than 30 minutes. And, and there were some really good things for Manhattan and for the state of Kansas and for uh, all of the citizens and the taxpayers in the budget. 
And uh, if you have time, I'll tell you some of those, particularly some good things for K-State. Yeah, I think we have a little time. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, so we sort of struggled with the regents. The governor had an excellent budget in many ways, but had a very favorable budget for the regents in terms of the revenue. And I think I think ways and means and uh, appropriations, uh, Representative Carlin serves on appropriations, made it even better. But um, the Senate had cut about $20.7 million from the operational part of the regents budget back when we did the mega budget uh, with the idea we'd look at it in omnibus. And some of my colleagues were not eager to put that back in. But we managed to get um, out of that $20 million, about $12.5 million put back in the budget. And then we added several other projects, both in the mega budget that carries over into the omnibus time period, um, just to do like $25 million went to K-State for special projects, which will do some things in the ag area. And that combined with some of the private monies that will be raised, there's also another $75 million that can be um, competitive from the other regents' universities. It'll probably be Wichita State and KU that we'll be competing against for some of that money. But I think it'll give us a chance to potentially get some of the ag facilities that are very old and outdated and and get those updated combining with private money. Uh, We got a pay raise for the state employees. We had some that were excluded. One of the areas that I've worked closely on is community corrections. We gave money in the 24-7 pay plan that the governor did earlier to the court services people uh, and those who do parole, but not the community services, which is a grant program that operates at the county level. And so we helped with that. We helped with the IDD people, the Big Lakes area. Uh, We had some additional money that we gave to nursing homes in, in this round. And then uh, we got some very good support for our tech college that's going to be doing from the vaccine scorpion announcement that we had about a week, a week and a half ago. Uh, there's going to be need for some very high-tech people in the bioscience area, and we got some money to help our Manhattan area tech college get the facilities they need for that. So um, a host of other things. We did put money in for suicide prevention, and that's a, a growing problem that we have, both with young people, with veterans, with military people. Um, and we just need to address that. And uh, Jerry Moran worked on the National Suicide Hotline program that is going into effect July 16th. So we, we put the money into that so that we could launch that program and have a, a very designated 988 number. So those, I'll take a breath and let you ask any questions, but those were some of the highlights I saw. There are several other things in there in terms of probably putting too much money into CAFERS. Uh, we put another billion dollars in there. Um, I would have liked to have seen that money, and you asked what I was disappointed in. I would like to have seen every taxpayer get a $250 uh, rebate on their income tax and uh, we we didn't do that, and that would have been very helpful to our taxpayers. But uh, and one of the reasons is we we didn't need at this point to put that extra billion dollars into Capers. Capers is doing quite well, and we'll be up at the eighty percent level of uh, funding that. And so um, I wish we would have done that a little different. But but 
nobody ever gets everything they want, and we got a lot of good things that I think will help our economy and move us forward uh, in a lot of different areas of the state. All right. Well, I think that uh, especially the K-State uh, money's there to improve the ag facilities. What a wonderful opportunity that'll be. I know they've been talking about that for a while, so that's uh, uh, certainly a huge need at the university right now. Oh, it, it's it's great, and we have a great new president in Richard Linton, and I I visited with him. I called him after we got that budget done and uh, complimented. Sue Peterson works as a legislative liaison for K-State in the president's office, and she did a fantastic job. Um, she also worked very hard on the education bill because we have the, the Johnson County facility, the Olympic campus, and and KU has their Edwards campus, and we needed to make some changes in how that program works. And so she managed to to work very hard on that to get to get that uh, provision in statute uh, with more flexibility. And then on top of that, uh, she helped me a lot to get that extra money that we needed to have in the regents, and some of it that was specifically designated for K State. All right. Well, lots of good stuff. Uh, we are out of time here now, Senator, but uh, we'll let you get back to sleep and hopefully... Uh... I'm going to hit the hay as soon as we hang up. All right. Senator, thank you. We appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, Brandon. Keep up the good work. If you miss any of that, again, we'll have it up on SoundCloud here uh, shortly, and uh, you can get your podcast anywhere uh, you get those. We have all those interviews archived there now. Um, we will have... Members of Parks and Rec on the program Monday morning, as well as the Flint Hills Atabus. Daphne uh, will be joining us from there. And Karen Hibbard from Manhattan Convention of Visitors Bureau. We're going to have her on Monday as well in the final segment uh, because she's got an event coming up Tuesday for Bridget Everett Day. That's going to be very exciting. A lot of uh, stuff to come on that. We'll be definitely talking about that. What in- a neat thing coming up, huh? What's that? What a neat thing. That is pretty cool. I, I agree. That's If you haven't seen the show, it's it's very good. And it's set right here in Manhattan. And also, this will also be up on our Facebook page. If you aren't on SoundCloud and the like, you can find it at 1350 KMAN on Facebook. Coming up, Blueville's Horticulture Hints, Dave Ramsey, Dan Patrick, the game, and then K-State Baseball at Oklahoma. Coverage starts at 6 p.m. Thanks for listening. Stephen will be in shortly with Blueville's Horticulture Hints.